With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Why Google's AI for everything tool is locked out of a key market. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. When Google unveiled its answer to OpenAI's ChatGPT this month, Gemini it's called, the pitch was AI that can run efficiently on everything from data centers to your smartphone. But it came with a caveat for users in the UK and the European Union. You cannot use it there for now. After the EU's recent passage of the AI Act, we called Andrea Renda of the Center for European Policy Studies. He says Google is trying to convince European lawmakers that Gemini complies with the continent's tough privacy law. Four letters to know there, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Renda says the GDPR is likely why Gemini hasn't made it to Europe yet. This mandates that Whoever makes use of potentially personally identifiable data secures the consent, the express consent of the users, but also that if uh, the system is potentially available to minors, that there are specific warnings in place. And there are several safeguards with respect to the, to the use and the management of data that have to be in place. And this is the same reason why for a while uh, ChatGPT was actually suspended in uh, Italy first and in other countries in the EU. Not because it was really blocked, but uh, there were some uh, elements of compliance with existing regulation that uh, were not there yet, were not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Is the spread of AI complicating the implementation of the GDPR? Is GDPR maybe not written a certain way that, that's kind of prepared for this moment? I was about to say 100%, but actually I would say 1000% because it's really exponentially making things more um, uh, more difficult. So we're not just on the internet in general today. We're not looking anymore for um, only legislation that restricts the flow of data, but also legislation that makes, that enables the collection and the making available of data for powerful AI use. And so there's a lot of people that say, you know, GDPR only sees things one way, uh, but there is another, there is a flip of the coin, which is um, uh, data have to be um, uh, available 
as much as possible, also for the EU to be competitive on AI, for example, or for services to be given to European citizens to be as accurate as possible, because the more you use data, the more these systems tend to become accurate. Well, I can tell you that here in the U.S., there is the sense among certain people that at least the EU is moving uh, fairly quickly on regulating AI. But are there concerns about the EU falling behind when it comes to adopting AI into daily life, into work, etc.? There are enormous concerns. There is a, a hectic debate in, uh, in Europe on uh, uh, the potential effect of the AI Act on innovation. And uh, but at the same time, there's people that say that the AI Act doesn't go far enough in protecting people against the, the risk of AI. I think the debate is very confusing. Uh, there's people that say that uh, there's uh, a lot of opportunities in AI and so that the AI Act just insufficiently focuses on, uh, on the opportunities. It's just too focused on risks. There's people that say the AI Act only focuses on high-risk AI applications, but all AI is risky, and the rights of people should be protected across all applications of AI, not only on the high-risk ones. Mm -hmm. So the debate is not over yet. But I think the AI Act doesn't make some of the obvious mistakes. Um, it's taken a long time. I think the EU could have, uh, could have sped up the process a lot more, uh, especially this year. Uh, but every time you try to finish it, there's something new coming up. And at the beginning of this well, year, it was new ChatGPT. Being in the middle of this, the, you know, public release of ChatGPT, among other things. Exactly. We'll be right back with more from Andrea Renda at the Center for European Policy Studies. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Andrea Renda, director of the Center for European Policy Studies. So when we look at Google Gemini, what is the path forward? When do we potentially see it operational in the EU? I might take, I would say, a few months. We've seen a similar thing with um, Meta Threads, right? Uh, that has also been uh, launched much later in Europe. Uh, some people said it was just not, not a good <laughs> good social network. And they couldn't implement it in the EU because of the laws there right away. Because in particular of GDPR, but also potentially on some of the rules on uh, uh, content moderation social networks that have been approved recently in the Digital Services Act. So there is a web of legislation at the moment that has just been approved or is about to be approved and published in the EU that makes it very difficult to assess whether you're actually complying or not. And so in the case of Gemini, uh, we don't know exactly what the concern is because we don't have the, the full specification of what is being negotiated. But if it's about GDPR, I think it should not take too long. It's probably take three or four months uh, maximum, but probably less before Gemini could actually be launched. Now, the issue is, is Gemini good enough? Is it likely to make mistakes? Is it likely to hallucinate? It is likely, is it likely to show some, some flaws that are also potentially leading to, uh, legal problems? We don't know yet because, uh, again, uh, there have been lots of speculations around the launch of Bard first, but also the launch of Gemini. Is it as accurate as, as, uh, the deep mind people say or not? So when you deal with these things on the launch of, uh, frontier AI models, almost nothing that is being told is actually true. It was only partly true. <laughs> so um, the reason for this, I mean, if Gemini worked properly and um, sufficient safeguards were in place on how to handle personal data, I would not see the reason to wait for many, many more weeks. So it's probably checking on whether, whether the system 
could be considered as compliant with GDPR. Uh, but I don't think it will take long. Given that the U.S. is moving forward with, you know, some kind of legislation on AI, what are some lessons, do you think, for policymakers here? What can we learn from what's happening on your side of the ocean? In my opinion, the, the U.S. has gotten has gotten it quite right in the sense that uh, what they're trying to do is to be flexible in the legislation and to be sector specific because the executive order in the U.S. really mandates different actions to different federal agencies, right? Now, that said, who's going to get it right or wrong? Certainly, the U.S. system is going to be more pro-innovation and a little bit less protective of users' rights. And so we in Europe consider that our system is going to be more protective uh, but this depends very much on how well it will be implemented, how often it will be updated. And the starting point is not bad, but the implementation is everything. That was Andrea Renda at the Center for European Policy Studies. How do you make laws to govern something that's changing as rapidly as developments in artificial intelligence? Renda likes the phrase adaptive regulation, rules that are built to stay flexible as things change without requiring those rules themselves to be rewritten again and again. He recently wrote that while the subject matter evolves quickly, the underlying principles and goals typically remain unchanged. Renda is a fan of the EU's AI Act, details of which are still being worked out, but he acknowledges for it to work, the mode of implementation and compliance will require constant attention. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending, like, all my tips. I was definitely spending, like, $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.